Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Squig from Fishworks. Um, super fun podcast, man. We went all over the place. We talked about uh, punk. He got to see like Dead Kennedys, Minor Threat, uh, Bad Religion when they first started playing in the 80s. Uh, you name it. And we talked about punk for a while. We talk about fishing where he's been doing it for a minute too, man. And cancer. He had cancer and a scary thing and he opens up a little bit about it. And... I mean, I mean, Squig's done a lot, man. He's a very interesting guy, uh, amazing person, very nice. I'm glad I got to interview him. And we talk a little bit about me, uh, you know, being a crazy asshole. And, you know, I I, I get stressed out easy. And uh, I, right now, the podcast is a lot for me. And I'm taking a little break. I'm not, you guys won't really notice anything because uh, I'm still going to release episodes. I have stuff backloaded. But I'm actually taking a break. I need to take care of myself right now. That's about it. But uh, you'll still hear episodes. We still got Toxic Baits coming up. We got Blanked. We got Todd Klein, uh, Real Happy, Bass Jack, uh, Sandy was another great one. I think it was almost three hours long. Um, yeah, man, it's it, it's fun. And this is a, another fun episode we did. So, again, if you don't see much from me or hear much from me, it's because I'm just taking a break, trying to fish, hang out with the kids, take care of my life, health, everything. And, uh, yeah, and for the people that did pre-order the shirts, they're in the works right now. So if you're listening, you're going, where the fuck is my shirt? It's coming. And the website will be up with shirts. They should be around next week. I'm hoping. And thanks for the support, everyone. I appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy this one. Later. Let's talk about your last trip because you have a pretty cool picture on Instagram. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> you ready to start talking or what? Yeah, you bet. All right. Well, I just went on the two day. Uh, a friend of a friend invited me on the two day on the the Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. So we went out and caught some tuna. It was pretty cool. Uh-huh. You know, um, I had a better trip this week where I caught a two hundred and six pound uh, swordfish on the deep drop with uh, John Christensen. You know him as Jay Christ. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Dude, that was a sick picture, too. Yeah, that was the first one. Dwayne actually took that photo, you know, on the side of the boat. Yeah. So that was pretty sick. We pulled up, hey, Dwayne, take a photo. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. Yeah, dude. But uh, we got bit within five minutes. That's my first one, West Coast. Really? You know, deep drop. 
Have and you been trying to fish for them? Or no, that something? was the first time. I've only done it out of Miami and Fort Lauderdale, okay. where I've caught, you know, quite a few, you know, yeah. nothing over like 150 pounds. Yeah. But, um, you know, I have a buddy down there, Ray Rocher, who I fish with, and um, we've caught a few fish. So it's cool, you know, but that was a while ago. You mm-hmm. know, it's like once you do it once or twice. It's a different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I try to bait a few over the years of, you know, being on the water. Um, it's just you know, they turn on it and they sink out <laughs> or they keep going, you know? Yeah. So you, uh, you get out often too, right? I try to get out once a week. Really? Yeah. You have a boat? I have my own 21 foot Parker that I've had oh, okay. for about 13 years. Wow. So it's a little fishing machine. Yeah. Cool. Out of Dana? Uh, I keep it in the yard and okay. then I launch it out of Dana or San Diego, okay. Newport, mm-hmm. you know, I'll go to Long Beach if I want to go up, you know, up that way. Um, pretty much more of San Diego and Dana Point. Okay. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I did an afternoon trip where we just went out for a couple hours right before uh, dark and uh, okay. caught um, some yellowfin. So that was cool. Caught yeah. like a 50 pound yellowfin. Wow, dude. You know, just right before dark by yeah. ourselves, you know, <laughs> 29 miles from Dana Point. Yeah. Great weather. Yeah, definitely. So, and uh, something kind of cool is I feel like you have one of the first fishing brands, like an old, older fishing brand that's been around for a long time. I mean, I've only been into the whole fishing thing probably about it offshore, maybe a year, but I've been fishing like surf, uh, a lot of surf fishing, uh, you know, calico and a lot, a lot of large mouth in the, for the last 10 years. So I've seen the brand, you know, around for a long time and I know there's a lot of history behind it. So, I mean, let's talk about like now, you mean back then screen printing, all that shit must've been like way different dude i mean how long has it been around well uh fish has been around since 96 Damn. uh before that i started in 91 92 it was called deckies mm-hmm. you know just coming off from working on fishing boats long range um w- the real backtrack of the story was Melchett brought down some shorts i was working on the uh royal star mm-hmm. one of his old captains jack webster ran the boat with dean adams and i worked on that boat Mm -hmm. and uh he brought down their first shorts in like 89 Mm -hmm. and i'm like ah no one's gonna wear those things you know they're too short (laughs) you need to do a pair of board shorts with flyer pockets and you know coming from the uh fishing and knowing like being a sponsored surfer yeah um i had friends that were working at gotcha and quicksilver and i'm like hey can you put a pair of flyer pockets on these things and they're all oh yeah and then i go away for 10 days come back hey did you get those shorts like Oh no, but we got these other ones with, you know, like flowers and, you know, groovy prints or whatever it was. (laughs) And, um, and I, I, it was always in the back of my head that I wanted to make a pair of shorts Mm -hmm. that I could still surf in and have flyer pockets, you know, this way before cell phones, Yeah, you know, so, um, and that was where that's all I wanted, you know? And once I got off the fishing boats, um, and I got off the fishing boats because I got sober. Mm-hmm. I'm 28 years sober. Just I uh, celebrated a wow, week that's ago. Amazing, dude. So I had a change in my life, and I went to my surfboard sponsors and said, "Hey, I want to get into the apparel business, but I didn't want to work in the warehouse because mm-hmm. it seemed like at that time, and nothing against warehouse guys back then, a lot of them smoked weed and just you know stole stuff out the back, and I didn't want to do that. That you wasn't know, you. That yeah, wasn't me. Yeah, you know, yeah. well, I had to change, you know, a lot of things in life and. Those were one of the things I just How wanted. How old were you when you got sober? Uh, 26, almost 27. Okay. So Older, I think I can say a little older. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, I, I could talk a little bit about sobriety. Why I got sober was, you know, a lot of my friends were getting married and graduated from college and had real jobs. And, you know, I'm working on a boat, being strung out on drugs. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's where it took me. And, you know, I'm very open about it. You know, 
Um, it's something that's part of my past mm-hmm. and I do not recommend it for anyone who works on boats to go that route because mm-hmm. a lot of them don't survive. I've had a lot of friends that haven't made it. We all know that, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, it, you know, people can say it's the nature of the beast. It is if you let it take it that way, but whatever. So I made a change, mm-hmm. but you know, fishing and surfing has been my whole life. You know, I grew up in California and this is what I do. And, um, which I could see being kind of hard is, uh, even like I take dr- breaks from drinking. Like right now, I'm going to take a break because I don't feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. I'm getting older. I'm going to turn 40 next year. I'm like, my blood, I'm not healthy right now. And and part of that is, I'll talk about this since you're on. I'm probably going to take a break from the podcast a little bit because I'm not being healthy lately. So I need to take care of myself, my family. I'm not going to stop. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a break because... It's too much right now right. for me, you know, and I still want to do it, but I need to reconfigure the way I'm living to fit. And it's not like I'm, I drink a lot because people come and drink on podcast and I like drinking beers and I've gained like 30 fucking pounds since I started this from drinking and I don't feel good. And you know, there, there's a lot of different things that go with it, but I like hearing from you because that's like a hard thing to do is I'm a very, uh, when I get into something, I'm into it. Right. You're intense. You're, and you I'm know. very intense. And it's with that, with the podcast, it's with drinking, it's with fishing, it's with everything. So I need to go, okay, Nick, you're going to be 40. This shit's not like before, 10 years ago when, you know, I'd get trash, feel fine, cool. Hey, your blood pressure's getting there. Hey, your weight. Hey, this is heart attack time. Hey, this is, you got to figure it out. And I'm sure for you at the time, like separating the separation from surfing and fishing and drugs and alcohol, I'm sure, is really hard. Yeah, right? no, totally. And, you know, um, I could say balance. That's the hardest thing for me is balance. Right. You know, at that time, I had too much using. I had too much working. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to have too much fun. You yeah. Know? You know, I basically, you know, I worked hard to play hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and we hear a lot of like, you know, work hard, play hard, you know, and it takes a toll on you, you know, it does. I don't care, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is, you know, and, um, those are things, you know, even in sobriety, you know, I could tell you, I got to get balance back in my life for other things too, you know? So, you know, and it's like, my goal was, I just want to be clean that one day and anything above that is over and beyond, you know? Yeah. So to live my life making money, in the fishing industry yeah, or the surfing industry, that's all I've done. Yeah. My whole life. I only know a few things, you know, skateboarding and yeah. snowboarding and music and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. So, but I mean, how cool is it? You know, we hear about, oh, it's crowded fishing or crowded surfing. And I'm like, and yeah, I kind of say, oh man, what the fuck? Right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of guilty for it. You know, I've been sharing my passion, whether it's surfing or fishing. And it's created a great living for me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm blessed. I'm stoked. And, you know, and trust me, there's days I don't want to deal with people just like anything else. Yeah. You know, like I have too much work when I'm working. I have too much, you know, I, I tell my kids, I tell the younger kids too, you know, like you have to have balance, you know, too much work is not good. You know, you got to be all of it. And we're not for, you know, we're not perfect people. And, you know, you know, to be a good fisherman, you got to. You got to <laughs> kind of be really intense, you know, like, yeah, you got to be like, and you got to have that attic in you yeah, to do it, you know, whether it's bass fishing or, um, 
tuna fishing. Yeah, or, whatever you know. your passion might be in right. fishing. Yeah. But again, that could take a toll on your relationship too. You know, like if you're rigging up all night and your wife's like, you going to have dinner with us? One more, one more. <laughs> yeah. I'm rigging up one more yummy, you know, like whatever it is. Right. Or it's balance. And that's, how- a, that's a great point. Like tip for, for me right now is like a little, ther- like I need to learn balance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good point for everyone more than anything. If, and if you have an addictive personality, like I do, it's like, I need to learn how to balance stuff. Right. You know, that's a hard thing to do. And being Even a man, being 40 years old, man. I'm that's like, the other thing you know, I was going to say, being 40, you know, I'm 54 years old, you yeah. know, you know, I'm like, shit, I wish I was 40. That was 14 years ago, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's a cool story to hear too. Your sobriety, definitely. Right. And, um, so and the company, of course. I mean, so going back to that, that's where it all kind of started. So when I got in, um, I made my first batch of, you know, this is 91, 92. I made my first batch of shorts for the guys on the boat. So I went down you know, who I knew, the guys at Fisherman were coming off the working for Frank Lepresti. Mm-hmm. I knew a lot of the guys that, you know, worked on the RP, the star, mm-hmm. you know, and all the other boats down there as well. So I took down my first 50 pair of shorts and I'm like, here, try these on, you know, and everyone had their opinion. And I'm like, yep, 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 yep. So we kind of figured that out and I was making everything in Santa Ana at the time. Okay. So, you know, buying the fabric in LA, making it in Santa Ana. And that was really cool, you know? So you know, how much did a, the first pair of shorts cost you to make? Uh, well, I was selling them for 15 bucks Okay, to my bros. Okay. So basically that was, you know, at the time a short should have cost probably about 35 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, retail. So, and I was just selling them for 30 just to get them out there, you know, to pay for what it was. You know, I basically started with 500 bucks mm-hmm. in a duffel bag. So yeah. a lot of guys hear about the stories about me, you know, pounding the docks, you know, <laughs> Not for uh, spotties, <laughs> but pounding the docks with shorts, you know, hitting up my buddies yeah. and friends of friends, you know. And again, the whole thing I've done over the years is grassroots. You know, I'm not a marketing guy. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, hey, dude, this is what I do. You know, and everyone's like naysayers or oh, that stuff's the best stuff or whatever it is. You know, I just said, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And again, it was a side project. So for the first five years, we did it as deckies. And then in 96, when, um, I had, so in the surf industry, I worked for HIC, Hawaiian Island Creations. Yeah. So I left HIC to go work for Rip Curl. Mm-hmm. And I was working for Rip Curl, and that's when I was kind of doing it on the side. And then when I left Rip Curl to start um, Lost Clothing mm-hmm. uh, is when we kicked off Fishworks as Fishworks name. You, what did you do for Lost? Uh, I did all the designing of, you know, the first apparel. Really? Kind of took them out of the ghetto, you know. We had like the ghetto house and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Matt and Mike owned the company. They had a great sticker company. They wanted to kind of expand on doing the surfboards. Mm -hmm. And um, they were doing videos, the old lost videos. So that's where you see a lot of the tracks with us uh, sublime in them. Yeah. So, you know, seeing Bradley, meeting them, you know, down there, I go, hey, we have to get a warehouse. We got a warehouse. So the first thing we did, they had a Japanese distributor. Mm -hmm. So and basically said, hey, I want X amount. So that's what kind of made me leave <laughs> Rip Curl to go kind of do that. Yeah. So we kind of just, we did that. It was kind of a cool job. We all surfed and fished and, well, they morally surfed and I, you know, you were fished. The fish, yeah, fish, and yeah. I spent a lot of time in Mexico. So okay. I'm a big Baja guy. Okay. So, um, so the fish work thing just kind of went hand in hand. And it just kind of took off, you know. So this is right at the loss, same time as you're doing Yeah, this loss. is 96. Okay. So, and then um, we did that for about five years, okay. lost. And then uh, we had a partner buy in and kind of screwed me. And then <laughs> a job opened up at Oakley. 
Oh. So I did 13 years at Oakley. Wow. And again, Fishworks has been a side project. So, you know, with me going to all the fishing shows, you're seeing me at the shows, day at the that's docks. Crazy. That's tackle crazy. Days. That, that's a side project. And it looked, from the outside looking in, it looked like a full-on. No, full-on thing. Yeah. And again, it all started with a pair of boardies or baggies, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, depending on what coast you're on. Yeah. And I just want to put plier pockets. So yeah. by then, by 19, uh, say 2000, yeah. it had totally evolved, you know, where I had outerwear. So I was taking snow gear technology and, and yeah. you know, getting rid of the gators, putting plier pockets. And then I was making soft shell jackets kind of thing oh, like that. Cool. And then guys were like, oh, dude, how do we get those? And I'm yeah. like, you know, <laughs> and again, we didn't even have a website. Then, yeah. You know, so and then I went to work for Oakley, and um, it started out as a uh, kind of a free. What kind of glasses you got right there? I have a uh, Costa now. <laughs> you know what? I, I got a free pair from uh, Rodney Marquez. He he helps out uh, with uh, bloody decks. Mm-hmm. Best fitting. Kind of a fat head. Mm-hmm. Best fitting glasses I've ever. Wear. I wear them only for fishing because I right. you know. But they fit so fucking good, man. I'll give you that. Like, yeah, they've definitely changed. And um, I was there, you know. After I left Oakley, all those guys kind of approached me and yeah. I'll get on another subject. So basically, I was traveling the world working for Oakley. Wow, that's you awesome. You know, Australia like 17 times, you know, Europe 10 times. Did you fish everywhere you went? Uh, no, I mainly surfed. Okay. You know, I did fish a few places. I fished, you know, a little in Australia, caught mm-hmm. some stripers down there, caught some um, big, uh, what they call jewel fish mm-hmm. down there, um, white sea bass off the beach. I caught black marlin and the gold coast wow but little ones like yeah. seriously 60 to 80 pounders yeah um i fished down you know in um, melbourne harbor inside the harbor kind of catch like rock grass and yeah. stuff like that um but i basically surfed all around mm-hmm. you know um most of my fishing is baja you okay. know i say catalina to puerto vallarta is my backyard wow so but i fish you know i fish a little el salvador mm-hmm. i fished in peru Wow. you know off the beach and yeah, stuff yeah so i'm not here to you know people see me with tuna or a swordfish you know i still throw a sand crab you know what i mean yeah that's cool so i'm not you know you just love fishing i just love fishing I just love fishing and i love the water you yeah. know you know i'm a california kid so salt, you know? salt guy though more I'm, I'm a salt guy yeah how about bass fish of course i have yeah, but yeah. it's just never been just because i spend so much time going west you know that's just been me. Do you feel like you like fishing salt a little more because you get a bigger uh, genre of fish, not just, you know, large mouth and cat? Or you just love being in the salt? Well, it just happens what my backyard is. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. If my backyard had a pond, I probably wouldn't saltwater fish. You yeah. know what I mean? So um, what do I do? You know, I grew up within a mile <laughs> of the beach, you yeah. know, and, you know, I don't come from a wealthy family, mm-hmm. you know, I come from the working class. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I had to buy my own bike, you know, I had to hustle to make money, you know? Yeah. You know, so for me growing up in Dana point, you know, if you, if I wanted to, the Schwinn bike and not the Huffy. I actually had to <laughs> go hustle. I had to go hustle, you know, mow some lawns, wash some cars, yeah. you know, and sell some flowers on the corner. You know, that was kind of an industry back then. Yeah. And then when I found the boats in 78, you know, I had been fishing on them my whole life. How old were you in 78? Uh, I was 13. So my next question for you is since I'm a big music guy mm-hmm. and in particular hardcore and punk bands, right? You must have saw a lot of really, really cool shows. Like, did you see Minor Threat? I've seen Minor Threat. Yeah, oh, I saw God, them. Dude. Yeah, I saw them at the bar. So you lived, you lived in a time where you got to see a lot of great bands. So growing up, you know, save my wa- mom was the 
mm-hmm. you know, flower child, whatever. Grew up listening to the Beatles or whatever. Yeah. Went through the hippies, rolling, you know, Rolling Stones to Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. You know, for me growing up, you know, from Elton John to Steely Dan to Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, mm-hmm. that was Rush, Black Sabbath. That was yeah. the genre I grew up to. Yeah. And about, I would say about 78, mm-hmm. you know, my buddy had the Sex Pistols. Yeah. And he's like, dude, you got to listen. And it, <laughs> you know, being a 13 year old kid, we're like, yeah, sex pistols. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and uh, it was kind of, you know, it's weird because we listened to sex pistols and Devo came out at that time as yeah. well. And then new Van Halen came out. Good so we great. didn't even, a little bit of everything. Huh? We didn't even know. And then when, by the time I was 14, I went up to the cuckoo's nest and <sighs> saw my first show with black flag. And, you know, I was like, dude, Holy shit. But, little, you know, I got a jaywalking ticket. I wasn't walking with the jay. I was, <laughs> I didn't cross at the crosswalk. Yeah. And anything punk back then, you know, I'm 14 years old. Yeah. And I went up with the guys up the block and they said, you know, hey, just stay with us. And, you know, of course, place gets busted, you know, cops. Yeah. Little fight at, you know, the true stories at Zubies, whatever. You know, yeah. I wasn't involved in any of that. I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, I'm 14. Like, shit, where am I? You know? Yeah. And I knew uh, Costa Mesa because my mom and I went to the fairgrounds every Sunday for the swap meet. Yeah. You know, that was just kind of our deal growing up, you know? And um, I go, I kind of think it's over there. But anyways, I kind of walked across the street to get away from the shit. Mm-hmm. Cops like, whoop. Uh, where you at son how old are you 14 so <laughs> they took me over by fair and you know called my mom said yeah put him on the bus i'm like put me on the bus she gonna pick me up <laughs> like really <laughs> and i got down there i had to walk a mile home you know from the Shit. bus stop and at the time it was probably one o'clock and you know this is 1979 yeah so <laughs> freshman in high school dana hills you know yeah dude. so um and then as things evolved, you know, I was like, ooh, the pit. That was, you yeah, know, everyone. you know, the slam pit. <laughs> we didn't call it mosh pit then. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, it was, uh, some were violent and some weren't, you know, yeah. a lot of black eyes. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of fights, <laughs> Yeah, you know, being a younger kid too, getting picked on, you know, it wasn't, it was just part of the game, you know? Mm-hmm. So from those shows, you know, once I started driving, man, you know, we saw so many shows like. You talk about that night I saw um, Minor Threat at the mm-hmm. at uh, the barn. That's uh, Alpine Village. Yeah. And it was with uh, Dead Kennedys. <sighs> and uh, it was um, MDC, millions, millions of dead cops. Yeah. Farmers, yeah. <laughs> so that was a show. But, um, you know, I used to go fishing up in San Pedro when the Fury was up there. Mm-hmm. And we go to Dancing Waters and, you know, we see the Descendants or, Dude. you know, um, Minutemen, you know, yeah. people weren't, you know, they're like, what are these guys? You know, Mike Watt was pretty, dude. he's the man. You yeah. Know? If you know it, you know it, you know, yeah. if you don't, you don't, you know, so, and then Black Flag, you know, so. Of course. I saw the first show with Henry on the West Coast, you know. <laughs> Must have been so awesome. Yeah, I got plowed that night. <laughs> some big, some big guys stepped on one foot, stepped some on the lad, other. Was it lads then? Was there a lot of lads then? Yeah. yeah. All the death squad guys? Uh, not really. No. No. Not till later, huh? Yeah, not till later. So, um, but, you know, that whole scene from, for me from, you know, 16 to like 21 mm-hmm. was a very good scene. You know, the ex- going to see Exploited and um, Fuck, Hollywood, um, Hollywood, um, 
it's Hollywood Park. Okay. And it was upstairs venue. And, you know, Wadi's like, fuck the police, fuck the police, <laughs> you know, like, and you had to, you know, and I remember, I still tell the story about, we all, you know, people were like jumping out the two story, like trying to get away from them. Right. So we're going on the street. Yeah. And I remember two cops chasing me. And I was like, I ran as fast as I could. <laughs> and I came around and a guy just Billy clubbed me in the, in the gut and goes, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, <laughs> thank you. And we get back to the car and my buddy's all crying. You know, my buddy, he got whacked, you yeah. know, my other buddy got whacked and one of our buddies is totally crying. He's like, Oh fuck. Uh, uh, I almost, uh, they almost got me. We're like, what? <laughs> they almost got you. They, you know, dude, I had a the bruise on my, me, yeah, <laughs> I had a bruise across my stomach for like two weeks. <laughs> but, um, I remember seeing, you know, um, another good show was uh, Bad Brains. I've seen them a few times. Yeah. And um, I saw them at the first show. I saw them uh, Ukrainian Culture Center with uh, Bad Religion. And (laughs) Bad Religion wasn't even like, they're kind of a warm-up band. This was like 80... 81. Fuck. So... Misfits? uh, Misfits. I saw them. The original Misfits. Yeah, the the original... And actually how I met that guy, I met the manager. I uh-huh. was down at a circle jerk show uh-huh. down. Um, so Steve-O was this bass player for a band called Funeral. Uh-huh. He goes, dude, you, he worked at the Berlin Wall in Huntington Beach. He goes, you got to go see my band. We're playing with this band called Versal- uh, Battalion of Saints. Yeah. Circle jerks and we're warming up. Well, turned out Steve-O was the original singer of Vandals, which we saw his show over here at the Galaxy mm-hmm. in Fullerton. You're up here. It's this, yeah, the old roller ring. So, yeah. saw DI for show. So, anyways, oh, man. we're in the pit in between. This guy's like, hey, dude, you got to come see this band, um, Misfits. I'm like, who are they? They're like, oh, they're from New Yorker. Like, you yeah. know, we're like, no one knew. There was no social media. Like, and I'm like, he's like, hey, you, you send me a, a letter and I'll send you an album. So I wrote the guy a letter. Mm-hmm. He sent me an album, the original Pink. I still have it. No way. It has the poster in it and everything. Fuck and then damn. we end up seeing them at, uh, I think it was Florentine Gardens. Okay. So wow, a lot dude. of things happened in Hollywood, you know. Yeah. There was so much. Kathy DeGrand, uh, you know, you go to one show at the Palladium and go to a late show downstairs at, you know, Kathy DeGrand. Yeah. So. Dude. And I know you're going to ask me, did I see Jimmy Decker? Yes. <laughs> did you? Oh, <laughs> I saw really? I saw Decker around more of like the Golden Bear shows okay. and some of the, um, the other little venues that were kind of Huntington Beach or whatever. Yeah. So, and when I saw him, the first time I saw him at a Fred Hall, I'm like, dude, isn't that that guy from the crowd? You know, like, and yeah. it, oh, it was. Was he like, oh. <laughs> and he's like, hey, dude, yeah, you look familiar. So, you know, Jimmy and I are good buddies now. You know what I mean? But yeah, this is like 20 years ago. Well, that's when I first new decker like a, of him like a calico thing i'm like everybody get, guy sings in the crowd dude like you know i'm like that's him right it's like kind of crazy you know? yeah yeah it's a small world it is yeah and that's what was cool about the punk rock shows i know we're getting off we haven't even talked about fishing yet no, it's fine <laughs> that's the interviews about you dude yeah. and it's like uh, what i'm interested in i'm going to talk about so. right <laughs> <laughs> fuck fishing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, just that whole time too, you know, you could go to shows and, you know, hang out with, you know, whoever was, you know, behind. Meet all kinds of random yeah. people, right? You know, I hung out with Casey Royer for a while, you know, oh, I remember I had, um, I think I had two 10 days off, so I had 20 days off and mm-hmm. it was like when I first started working on the Royal Star and I came up, oh, Casey playing. He's like, hey dude, can you go do a couple shows with us? And I'm like, dude, I sat in the back of the truck <laughs> on the freeway 
and you know sell t-shirts and go hang out with them merch you know just yeah just a merch, the merch yeah, dude you know cool. like yeah free ride you yeah. know except for uh casey was like you know you bribed us with beer you know <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works yeah a few <laughs> other things so but that was cool you know just seeing that whole era like you can actually go hey when are you guys playing again and they're like oh come see our shows it was all about the flyers that was probably until 99 98 i think flyers were still relevant that long you know right. yeah like I see, I used to, I grew up when I played. It was you know Showcase Theater in Corona. Uh, I've heard of it. Yes. Okay, I used to play there. That was like my right. I remember seeing the Vandals there for Sweat into the Oldies right. that tour. Um, it was like ninety four. Right. That's like kind of when I fourteen. Same thing. No, totally. And so I grew up there, and I still see flyers from twenty years ago, which is not that long ago from my band playing. You know, like I'm like, oh shit. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, so it, you know, that era was just such a good time. And, you know, for you, your era was your time as well, yeah. you know, which you really remember. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of tough right now with social media. Everyone's a star before they're even do anything, you know, I think that's it, with everything though. That's with fishing, music, everything. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, that's how it is. Right. <laughs> Everyone wants to do a seminar, you know, like, you know, <laughs> I, I got this kind of, you know, yeah, just because I caught one doesn't mean I'm going to go do a seminar. Because I caught five, I'm still not going to do a seminar. You yeah. Know? There's actually guys that actually do it for a living that will never talk about it. Yeah. Unless you're on their boat. You know what I mean? Yeah, which makes, that's that's the beauty of it, I guess. Right. Because you, you pay or you go on a charter with that guy and he you get to see him first person. Maybe not on Instagram, but you know. Right. That's why I like doing the podcast because... I get to meet the dude. Like I seen you, I didn't know nothing about you, but I knew who you were, you know, and you look crazy, bro. And fucking your beard. And you know, <laughs> just like, you know, Dwayne, when I first met Dwayne, I'm like, dude, this guy looks fucking crazy. Like a dickhead, dude. Yeah. Great guy, dude. No, you he, know, like a lot of these guys, they, they don't, you don't know them. Right. Cause you just see Instagram and they might not post much on there. Right. But then you meet them in person. I think that's part of the, the cool thing about meeting someone in person that's that's like why i always talk about tackle shops i say go to your tackle shop who's the guy there right who do you talk to you know no totally and uh you know support your local tackle stars and all that kind of stuff and yeah you know that's all you know again you, you know who it is and you know who the talkers are i'm not saying i haven't learned anything i've yeah. gone to a fred hall show because there's a you know a lot of times i walk by and like oh he's doing something and i'm like i just want to hear what he's saying like Oh, is that, ah, oh, that's how he's doing. You know, I do listen that way, yeah. you know, but you know, and there's some of those guys, they're great fishermen, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to deny it. You know what I mean? They've done their time and they yeah. are. So I, I mean, I say it with a chuckle, but you know, everyone's real underneath, you know, whatever. So, yeah. And so. I feel like you, you got to put your time in sometimes, right? I mean, yeah. you can't just do it for a couple of years and think, oh, God, I got this shit down. Right. There's not many dudes that can do that. You well, know? I get, even with Fishworks, I get compared. You're like, oh, you're kind of like this brand. I'm like, oh, I've been around since 96. They've been around two years. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like them, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Well, that's why it's cool to talk about Fishworks. Cause you kinda, I feel like you paved the path a little, you know, like mm-hmm. for even Salty Crew. I mean, yeah. you know, you've been doing it for a long time. And they kind of are the ones that everyone's wearing a lot of to the kids right no totally you know like it's a very trendy like it's a trendy thing like i go to my kid's school and i see the kid with the salty crew shirt on i'm like but how many of them i mean nothing not a knock against salty crew but how many of the people actually fish right (laughs) well i take a look at the surf industry you know if we relied on hardcore surfers there would be no surfer in 
surf industry. You know what I mean? So it's the same with fishing, you know? Um, you know, a lot of people ask me like, what do I think about them? And you know, you're going to hear it now, you know, on this podcast, it's like, they're a surf brand with a fish look. You know what I mean? Are do they you know, real? Do you know them? Yeah, I know Jared. Okay. Yeah, no, good kid. Yeah. Everything, you know, yeah. I know the whole little story and, you know, their whole little buyout and everything. So, but I mean, they've done a great job, mm-hmm. you know, so good for them, you know, so. But that's, I feel like you're, like you said, they're a great company, but right. I feel like you're doing something that's something different. Right. And I've been you know doing, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, I've been doing something different forever. That's right. what you want. And I did it with, you know, I didn't have help when I did it. You know, I started with $500 yeah. out of a bag. Yeah. You know, and I'm not knocking anyone that has no. money. You know what I mean? Like, this is America, right? <laughs> you could you could do, you know, you can live your dreams here, you know? Yeah. So, or you can, you know, complain about everything. So, <laughs> in you know, all I do is what I know. You know what I mean? People are like, oh, you should be doing this. And I'm like, dude, I just do what I do. You know what I mean? And you got to love what you're doing and like what you're doing. I love what I do. You know, one of the things I've learned in sobriety, and, you know, we talk about balance. Have I been unbalanced? Of course. I get unbalanced weekly, daily, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in cycles of my sobriety. But, you know, I still don't, I still don't pick up and use. But a balance of, you know, what I want to do. Dude, I want to surf and fish. And anything that stops me from doing that, I get eggy, you know what I mean? So, so to be blessed, <laughs> it's true. It's you, true. Yeah. You know, and everyone's like, Oh dude, you fish all the time. I go, you only see the good days. You don't see my bad days. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot of trial and error, you know, doing what I've done, you know? So, and again, being blessed of having parents that love Baja in the sixties and going to Cabo and, in La Paz in 1960 in Mazalon, yeah. you know, wow, dude. as you know, three or four years old, you know, my parents divorced and then, you know, I grew up in Dana Point. I was born in Redondo Beach, but I know, you know, I spent a lot of time in Redondo Beach, King Harbor. Mm-hmm. And then I spent a lot of time when my parents got divorced. I lived on a boat in Huntington Harbor when it was still being built. No way. Before we lived in Dana Point. So catching seahorse, pipefish, catching brown bait or herring, you know, yeah, I've heard catching of it. spotted bay bass, you know, catching halibut. And man, that. how big were they then? Well, everything was big to me then, right? I could have sworn that pipefish was like the size of a barracuda. <laughs> then I see them now; they're like you know, yeah. little same length as a pencil, you know. Yeah, dude. So, and then when we moved to Dana Point, you know, surfing and fishing, and once again, I didn't have a bike. I had a surfboard before I had a bike, so mm-hmm. I had to. I just borrowed who's ever board was on the beach, and I'd go surf. Yeah, you know, five six years old. That's crazy. Dude. And you know, to be seven years old. And out till dark wasn't uncommon for us, you know, back then. But uh, see, that's the hard thing is I, I've talked about that with someone else. Was it different then? Or we just didn't see all the bad stuff then? I don't think we saw all the bad stuff. We right? didn't know all the, yes. we didn't know all the fears. Are the crazy people, they didn't get put on social media. So we just didn't know. Right. And there was crazy people. Yeah. You know, there was shit I saw at an early age that, you know, I used to come and tell my mom and she's like, no, I don't want you hanging out at the pier. Yeah. No, no, don't go to the pier. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, this guy was drunk, passed out, cops were beating him up. You know, like, like, you know. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I saw a lot of things. And again, you know, being a father and, you know, when my kids go through that, I was like, no, you ain't going nowhere. (laughs) That's how I am right now. (laughs) It's like, if I can't see you up the block or down the block, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah. You know, so. And then again, when I talk about going to Mexico, being blessed, you know, um, even though my parents were divorced, I'd spend two weeks, 
you know, down in Baja with my dad. You know, do you still go down to Mexico a lot? I go four or five times a year. Oh, really? Okay. I've probably driven over 125 times to the wow. tip and back in the last 35 years. Wow. We have a house in Abriojos. I spent okay. a lot of time down there. So if you see Mexico photos, um, people were thinking, I went and saw Kelly down in uh, San Quentin, and people were thinking, are you at your house? We're in the neighborhood. We'll swing by. And I'm like, no, I'm at Kelly's. So, um, you know, going to Cabo, like next week, I normally would go to, or this last week, I would have been down at the Bisbee's. Mm-hmm. It's just such a shit show down there. You know what I mean? It's just not, Cabo's not the same. Yeah. I've been going there, you know. You've done say, the Bisbee's before? Yeah, I did the Bisbee's back in um, 90, in 91. Wow. So when it was a little, there wasn't millions of dollars. and you know i did some catalina stuff it's just tournament fishing i'm about fishing yeah you know trust me i have an ego i want to catch the biggest (laughs) fish or the most you know yeah i I do have an ego but you know when you get in that tournament you know it's like like doing business with your friends it turn you turn on each other no right (laughs) you know like people are screaming it's like fuck the the bait fell off or, you know, like we missed it. It's not yeah. my fault or, you know, there's what money I'm, involved. That's why yeah, there's totally. money involved. And then and what, you might not be like, like if like I could see like going on a trip and getting skunked, I'll go to go fishing mm-hmm. and I don't mind that, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's a lot of money and I paid to have an experience with someone, you know, and with the tournament, I feel like you're putting another stress on something that you don't really need to. Right. You know, well, in growing up, Working on the fishing boats, I started at 13. You know, I worked on the Sun Fun and, mm-hmm. you know, did my first, you know, five day in. So, punk rock going on my first five day <laughs> on the on the Finalista yeah. 100. So, I had a stepdad at the time who liked to fish. Okay. So, we'd go on the Malahini. We'd go up to San Pedro. So, not only was I working on the half day boat, but, you know, seeing that where people were going, dude, I got to catch fish, you know, like. I'm paying $15. I better come back with a bag of fish. Yeah. And I'm like, and now, you know, it's three, 400, you know, if you, you know, charter a guy like Dwayne and you don't catch yeah. fish, you're like, you're, you're dumping some coin. Yeah. You know? And again, yeah. you know, guys are like, how much am I going to catch? It's like, dude, this ain't for you. Go to the fish market. You'll save. Yeah, right. Right. You know, I agree. it's about an experience. Yes. And you know, we know there's a lot of, we call them the El Nino fishermen, you know, like <laughs> they were catching, you know, 30 to 50 pound tuna on the half day boat at a Dana point mm-hmm. five years ago. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, Oh, fishing sucks. I'm like, dude, I've been around here for 45 years. You know, I grew up with Dave Hansen and Mike Hansen and yeah. Todd Manser, you know, at Dana point, mm-hmm. we saw the cycles of Bonita, Barracuda, Sandbass, you know, Sculpin, El Nino 83, El Nino, you know, 94, 97, yeah. whatever, you know, El Nino, El Nino, you know, Albacore here, no albacore, you know, yeah. so there was a lot of things we saw and, you know, people were like, I only caught two yellowfin. I'm like, that's a good day, dude. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a good day, you know, so. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. 
the longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When people think about how much fish they're going to catch, yeah, I just kind of... That's not... Yeah. Yeah. It's an experience. And I agree with that 100%. Right. It is an experience, and that's what I pay for is an experience when it, I'm going to go out. Exactly. With someone. Maybe learn something new or... Who knows, but it's an experience because when you do get that one that strikes gold, it's going to make it worth it. Right. Like, I think this, I'm taking my middle one out of school on Friday. I think we're going on the uh, Dana, how did Dana point? It's like a half day. Some fun? Yeah. Pro, I'm not sure which one it is. It's with my buddy Justin and his kid. Right on. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm on vacation, so I'm like, I'm going to take my kid out of school and we'll just go hit a half day. And that's He's good. never been on one, so I'm right. really stoked. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> if you're going on the Sun Fund, you know, Brian Woolley's a good guy. My son yeah. grew up working for okay. him. So my son actually worked on the same boat at the same age and went to the same high school. And he's all into my punk rock. You know, Damn. he was breaking into my vinyl, you know. <laughs> like, hey, Fish, get, out, get out of there. <laughs> yeah, Fisher, I saw you. No, <laughs> no denying. Your mom ain't stealing them from me. <laughs> that's cool, dude. That's so, so cool. So he's doing... He's all about fishing too, then your son? Yeah, he works on the San Diego. Okay. So he works with Ryan Booger okay. down there. You yeah. Know? So he's been down there uh, almost three years. Wow. So he graduated high school, got his captain's license, and went down there to work for Booger. So wow. he lives five minutes from the landing. So I went fish with him a couple weeks ago and a couple weeks before that. So that's cool, man. It's kind of my backup plan when uh, I don't have a boat <laughs> to hop on. Just go with your son. Yeah. <laughs> I call the boss, you know, <laughs> I go, Hey Fisher, can I go out? And he's like, nah, it sucks. You know, <laughs> I just call it. <laughs> does your wife fish too? Uh, she, she likes to catch a Dorado here and there. Really? Yeah. You okay. know, trust me, I've dragged her all over Baja <laughs> for many years. You know, we had a, a very like, um, you know, she's like, we're not getting out of the car until we're fishing here or surfing here. You know, like, <laughs> you know, and uh, when the kids were young, uh, the crib on the beach, you know, the first thing I would do. If how, I knew, how long have you been married for? Uh, almost 20 years. That's good. We just That's had awesome, our, dude. We, we've been together uh, 24 years. Wow. Wait, 23 years. Wow. And we've been married 19. Wow. So. Crazy. Yeah. So she's you, you've been fishing with her your whole time? You were already sober when you met her. In yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, there's no way I could have had a family the no. old way. Yeah. So, yeah, I met her and, you know, she, you know, either I threw the jig or she through the jig but you know took her down to Baja she had a great time she's yeah. like even when we were going out our like very first trip I remember she like oh you know I like catching Dorado uh, you're not going to catch Dorado <laughs> I put a feather back I'm tying on another feather and she's like look a Dorado and I'm like there's no oh it is a Dorado <laughs> so, I think that's how it worked yeah, my wife did the same thing I got into bass fishing we had my baby in there my nine-year-old and I'm like here just throw this little cast master and see what you get She's like, I think I got something. I'm like, you don't got anything. She pulled. I haven't caught a largemouth bass yet. She <laughs> caught one. I'm like, I'm never bringing you fishing again. Right. <laughs> but that's the story. I think with women, they, I don't know, they have a special touch. Right? Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, we want them to have the special <laughs> yeah. touch so we can take them fishing, right? You know, and, uh, you know, she's been, you know, when we go to Cabo during, you know, the Visbees or whatever, mm -hmm. we do a lot of pre-fishing with the guys. Okay. So that's always been kind of our little ritual down there. And it's around my sobriety birthday. Okay. So that's why October has been kind of a, 
you know, spend time in Cabo. Yeah. So we hop on a boat, she catch a Dorado. You know, we try not to catch a big marlin because that kind of jinx the guys. Yeah, you know, right. You don't want to catch a 500-pound black marlin, like, the day before the tournament, you know? It's so, not good. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> you know, catch some tuna, you know, work on some things, but yeah. whatever. So um, we've had a lot of good trips there. Um, and, you know, just being part of the fishing industry all these years, I yeah. just know so many people that, like, offer me trips all yeah. the time. You know, I'm turning down, obviously, more trips than I can do just because I have to you know, work or whatever, you know, are you doing fish works alone now on its own? So, yes. So what happened? Um, so after I going back to where I've been in in Oakley, I worked there for 13 years. I left Oakley. I had some friends, surf guys, you know, with Mark Healy, Mm -hmm. Luke Egan and uh, Bruce Beach. And they wanted to start a brand, um, the Pactus. And I came over and worked with them. Okay. And basically the money went away. Uh, got spent very quick, but in the right after we launched the line, I got diagnosed with lymphoma. So I went and did treatment, did this whole thing. I worked the whole time. So Basically, lymph- that's like the uh, blood. Um, it's um, it, it, in my lymph nodes. Okay. So you how know, did you find that out? Um, came back from Baja mm-hmm. right after we launched the line. Um, had just kind of a belly ache. Everyone kind of had a, you know, kind of you know yeah. Baja belly, would say in. Yeah. Um, Mine just stayed like an extra day, you know, and I was like, ah, oh, I was telling my wife, I'm like, something's hard. So we went to the emergency room and basically the guy goes, yeah, your spleen's enlarged. And well, they took a blood test. They're like, you either got a really bad infection. And they're like, have you been anywhere? And I'm like, well, I just got back to China, mm-hmm. you know, a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I was in China a month before that. Mm-hmm. And we just got back from Mexico on Sunday. It's Wednesday now. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's like. Oh, you might have, you know, hepatitis or, you know, whatever, you know. So they took tests. They said, oh, your white blood count's very elevated. Mm -hmm. So you either got a really bad infection. So he goes, came back. We did a CT scan at the hospital in the emergency room at 11 o'clock at night. The guy's like, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty good idea what you have. You have some type of lymphoma cancer. And, you know, my wife's just like, what? And I'm like, did that just, what do you say? You know, like one yeah. of those things. And he's like, you know, don't freak out. And I'm like, I'm just kind of like, okay, what do I need to do? You know, like, yeah. Cause I kind of feel fine. I just have a little belly ache, you yeah. know? So, um, I went through treatment, you know, changed my diet, the whole thing, you know, even though I ate healthy, did you have to do uh radiation? And stuff? I did chemo chemo. Okay. So I did that. I surfed, I fished. Well, I didn't really fish that much, but I surfed and I only lost one week of a work week. I go in a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I would be, I'd get sick that night and I'd be ready to work Monday morning. So it was like basically having the flu and I pulled through it. I got down to 170 pounds and got through the other side. And I'm like, why am I working for these guys? You know what I mean? These guys are kind of a shit show. They're great. They're my friends. And if they hear this, you know, I love them still. No, yeah, I mean, it's, it's shit it, happens. You know, yeah. stuff happens and, you know, it just got sideways in a bad way. And uh, I go, you know what? I'm just going to focus on fish works. So we adjusted our lives to just do fish works and fishing. And we're just kind of cruising. Mm-hmm. And two years ago or two years into it, um, one of the chairmen's of hook fishing mm-hmm. said, Hey, I want you to head up design. You could do it in California and we want to buy your company. Can we talk? <laughs> so that's what happened. And that's what I've been doing oh, for the last the actual year. brand hook. Yeah. It's hook. It's, it's hook. H U K H U K. Wow. It's not dude. hook. It's so not, the, it's hook. 
Yeah. So they uh, basically bought me. Wow. And I have five people working in San Clemente. We have a design studio. We're doing their whole line, everything. They're out of Charleston, South Carolina. You know, I go back there a few times a year. It's been a really great relationship. You know, Fishworks, we're just keeping it, you know, core right now as long as we can. And, you know, they like what they like the difference between both brands. You know, one's just like all over the place, Mm -hmm. like loud and proud big logos, everything where, you know, fish works kind of outside of our t-shirts. It's pretty cool and clean. And, yeah. you know, we're very dark in California, you know, we're not into like fluorescent colors, no. you know, but you know, you know, blacks, grays, heathers, and you know, we like our burgundies, we yeah. like our olives or whatever, our camos. So, so that this is their pretty much their California line. Almost. Basically. Yeah. Smart move. I mean, I mean, what I, do I you mean, do for them? Like, it's like both of you. Yeah, no, it's I a mean, great thing. I got to think of my exit plan, you know. Right. You know, what do I want to do? They've been, you know, they've been very good to us. Mm-hmm. You know, shit's going to hit the fan when I get home. I don't know, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> by jinxing myself, <laughs> if you believe in that. But, do you, you know, uh, you, you get full uh, artistic? Uh, or do well, you approve, they approve? And they say, okay, yeah. Everything kind of runs through me. We have a merchandiser over there. Okay. So we've kind of created a, a great little system Mm -hmm. you know i set up a system they never had before okay you know um the original guys aren't there anymore there's only one original guy an investment group bottom okay it's the chairman of the investment group that hired me so and i'm sure they know your background so they're kind of like well i was doing a little freelance for them okay so we have an artist that does you know illustration art i have some my artists Mm -hmm. my thing is i'm just like really the coordinator Mm -hmm. you know manage it make sure you know the product's right you know we created a color story created a color theme you know we came up with our own camos we work with mossy oak we work with um cryptech you know so by having relationships already with them, I know how to deal with those guys, yeah. you know, coming from Oakley, you know, we're a global brand, you know? Yeah. So, and I did the apparel side of things. I didn't do sunglasses. Okay. So when I started at Oakley, it was, you know, a very small company as well, you know, for at that time. Which, what year was that? Oakley? Uh, 2000, okay. 2001. Yeah. Wow. So, which to me was always big because my brother-in-law was always do- he mountain bike racer, mm-hmm. so he was always dealing. I think he had like a spon- some kind of sponsor with them. So I always had Oakleys when I was younger because I right. get them, you know. There was a lot of big mountain biker yeah. guys there, yeah. but you know, I came in from the surf side, you yeah, know? yeah, and then the apparel side, and then the global side of it. So it was so good. back to your your camp. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Did, how long did it take for you to like beat it? Five, five months, months. Five months. Five months. One time radiation. Uh, no chemo. How many, how many times chemo? Yeah. How many did you do? Uh, five. Five sets? Five sets. Okay, so how many times in a set is it like? It's two sets, or it's two days okay. every three weeks. Two days every three weeks. Wow. So I did that, and then... Um, now, do you just do your bio, like a biopsy or checkup? I or? do a blood test. Okay. You know, I, a random test. Every six months or something? Yeah, months. six. He just kicks it back on a year. I kind of fight him on it just because the type of lymphoma I have, it's a follicular lymphoma mm-hmm. it's something it's not treatable it it's uh something i just got to live with you know it's curable but not treatable if that makes sense so i'm gonna live with it for the rest of my life it could pop up but you just gotta do the same thing again same thing or i could eat cut stress out you know what i mean is that what you've kind of done cutting the stress out and eating i think i have what do you what did you change in your diet uh i didn't just cut less sugar okay you know but, you know, being a sober guy, you know, um, I've always ate healthy. You really? know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, you know, 
when I go somewhere, you know, when I'm in Mexico, I eat whatever's there, you know? So, but, uh, at that time I went very strict, you know, a lot more, you know, vegan at the time, Really, you know, so I was, you know, doing that kind of stuff. Do you not eat as much red meat anymore? No, I still eat. Really? You know, it comes and goes. Yeah. I mean, it, I, in the summertime I eat fish. Yeah. When I go to a restaurant, I order a steak. <laughs> I'm such a fish knob. You know what I mean? Yeah, of you course. Know, yeah. You know, I don't want, you know, gill netted fish from, <laughs> you know, I don't know where, you exactly. know. Exactly. So <laughs> I am a fish snob. So I got through that other side. And, you know, once we did that, you know, mentally, spiritually, or whatever I was, you know, I'm a very intense guy. So people are like, oh, he's a dick or whatever. But I'm just into <laughs> what I do, you know. Some So sometimes the people around me suffer or whatever, you know, it could be my family or you know, my friends Friends or whatever, whatever, just because I'm on a mission. Yeah. You know, I'm on a mission and it's like, not like, I don't care what you have to say, but I just don't, I'm like, dude, I got to get here. You know what I mean? I'm trying to go. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, whatever it is at that moment, that's what I'm trying to do. It could be just going to the beach. (laughs) Or just going fishing. Yeah. The phone's ringing like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, dude, I'm going surfing right now. Yeah. Is it good? I don't know. I'm fucking going, dude. (laughs) Like, I really don't have to, you know, I don't know. Like people always go, is there swell? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going. I'm just going, it. dude. I, I mean, I have a good idea, you know, what board to bring yeah. up, you know? Yeah. Have you ever run into any sharks um, on the, on the, uh, on your surfboard? Yeah, totally. Really? Mm-hmm. Great whites? Uh, no. No? I've seen them on the boat, but never great white in the water. No. So in a, they showed up in a like a little nook and cranny spot I surf in the summertime. Uh-huh. And I haven't surfed there in a couple of years because really? they showed up like... You were on the boat? No, they just showed up in that zone. We were seeing them every day, like oh. driving down. Like there's some little nooks and crannies of yeah. surf spots. So, and I surfed there by myself a lot and sometimes up till dark. And they wow. were like being seen in that zone all the time yeah dude. so that's i mean crazy there was there was a a month i think two years ago three years ago you could drive down you could see the lifeguards in the like the lifeguard boat and then the harbor patrol boat with like scientists on the back trying to track the guys you know no way yeah and you just <laughs> they're 100 feet off the beach that's crazy yeah yeah so <laughs> every day really? you're like where are they yeah. This, the stretch I drive from Dana Point to San Clemente along the beach there, Beach Road, mm-hmm. in Pochi and, um, you know, uh, North San Clemente, mm-hmm. Shore Cliffs area, um, you can kind of see along the way, like, you'll be like, oh, they're there. They're there. You just, you didn't see the shark unless you look for it. Yeah, yeah. Unless you pulled over, but you could see the boats always, like, they're... Like, studying them. Yeah. Unless yeah. someone's drowning, they're, they're, they're chasing sharks. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Yeah, even on the surfboard, that fucking stressed me out. Yeah. <laughs> One of the scariest ones, I was uh, surfing East Cape, and a shark, it looked like a black tip, mm. and it was just chasing something, and it was like right under my feet, and I was trying to get away, and <laughs> the fish it was chasing was kind of like coming for the shade of my board. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> like, And I was like, my buddy's all, what happened to you? And I'm like, dude, there was like this shark trying to chase a fish underneath me it was kind of freaking me out <laughs> that's funny but i've been chased out of the water by a you know a big male uh sea lion before those are scary as shit dude. Yeah. right yeah those don't mess around they'll get you too huh no totally i was surfing by myself in abriojos and my friend was up on the beach and and this thing popped up when it's going 
And I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at, bitch? <laughs> and the thing kind of <laughs> cocked its eye head and kind of came at me like, you know, oh, like shit. circled underneath me about a 500 pounder, dude. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> I kind of turned around and paddled in and my buddy, I'm like, hey, did you see that? And he's like, I was having an asthma attack. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know you had asthma. <laughs> he's like i left my inhaler in your trailer you know this before i had the house down there yeah and i'm like when did you get asthma i've known you my whole life like oh that's funny so let's talk about some of your uh, pbs if you're a big personal best catches uh my personal best i finally got a 300 pound yellowfin this year wow so um and i probably have 25 or so over 200 pounds wow dude so Luckily me, you know, from the first time I caught a 200 pounder, which say it was 1989 mm-hmm. at Clarion Island or uh, no, it was Socorro. Mm-hmm. I worked on the Royal Star, you know, a lot of times you're helping people catch fish. We just were in a bite on my watch, I threw over a salami, I get bit <laughs> and, you know, everyone was out there watching me and it was like, you know, it was 250 pounds, you know, yeah. so it was pretty cool, you know, to catch that back then. And then, you know, that adrenaline, like, fuck, I got to catch these. <laughs> and it's like. Then when you go fishing from coming on the boat, you know, I help people. I catch one fish a day. Yeah. Now, you know, I go out fish with my buddies like fish again. You're like, oh, really again? You know, like, <laughs> so, you know, from Puerto Vallarta, long range trips, you know, I've done, you know, one trip on the Excel. I had four over 200. Wow. You know, that was a pretty cool trip. Yeah. Red rooster, I'd fish, you know, so I've always, you know, caught 200 pounders going down fishing with those um, you know, 20, 20 plus years ago. before any of those other boats yeah you know uh back um in the 90s you know art on the searcher used to go down there really and i only heard how great it was down there you know what i mean so to fish on a little boat with no rail (laughs) you know get in the harness you know so and then you know guys got into long rods i still fish the same rods i've had i have one rod lucky rod no way dude it was built in 93 that's awesome that's and it's probably caught majority of my uh uh, 200 pound fish. That has some, that's something good to say about that rod, man. Yeah. You everyone's know? like, I call it old faithful <laughs> and I can't believe, you know, it's only a 65, 60 extra heavy. Now I'm fishing triple X heavy. Yeah. Basically same rod, but you know, uh, six inches longer. Yeah. So wow. I fish the same rod, same style. Do you have a certain rod you like to use? I do. I fish Calstar. Okay. You know, just from the Leon days and, you know, back then. And then I'm really good buddies with John. Okay. So, and, you know, he's kind of back involved with the business. So, you know, I'm not a big brand jumper, you know, so mm-hmm. I fish accurate reels on my heavy stuff. I fish Calstar. I fish uh, Daiwa, you know, because Mark Mills and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a kid that grew up in Dana Point as well. And Yeah. And, you know, all my light stuff from my little spinner to my little coastal bait caster to <laughs> my Lexa 300, 400. Yeah, dude. I mean, I have the quiver when I go down there and, you know, fishing that SP minnow. Dude, I Dude, love that, that thing, thing is. Have you tried the new one yet? I haven't tried the new one. Great. Because this other one works good, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and yeah. the fishing I have down, you know, I have a little aluminum boat. I fish the pongas down there and yeah. I, I pound the beach. Yeah, so dude. from catching Corvina, halibut um fishing lagoons you know i catch a lot of you know broomtail grouper uh snook you know so I, fun huh um not last june a year and a half ago june i caught a permit down no in, way. in aubrey House on dude, a stick bait dude that must have been so fun yeah i thought it was a pompano 
Everyone's like, my buddy in Florida is like, dude, that's a permit. Fuck. And then Gary Graham's all, Hey, where'd you catch that? He's like, yeah, it's a permit. You know, I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, because all the locals are like, Palmetto, Palmetto. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, Palmetto. (laughs) Whatever you say. (laughs) So dude, that's fun, man. And then the calico bass fishing I do down there, you know, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So in a, in a lot of things, you know, people ask me how long I've been throwing plastics or whatever I've heard even on your podcast. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it started off with scampies okay. and scroungers. Do you mm-hmm. remember the scrounger? I yes. don't know. Yeah, so, I haven't seen them. And then um, way before Mojo, you know, and I think um, Worm King was out about then. We used to have these things called sassy shads. Mm-hmm. You buy them as individuals, you know, you go to thrifties and stuff and throw on those. <laughs> and then, but, you know, growing up, you didn't really have to use much. Because we're a live bait. Yeah. Did but you fish at Laguna a lot? I fished Laguna, live bait. Before MLPA? Oh, bummer, totally. Huh? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've had great white sea bass, great, you know, every kind of fishing in there. Yeah. I've seen a lot of shitty fishing in there too, you know? Like yeah. on the half day, you go and catch a sculpin and a rockfish, <laughs> you know? So, but uh, yeah, a lot of those boilers, you know. Yeah. You know, um, for me growing up, you know, big bait meant big fish yeah so just throw you know 30 pound in the kelp yeah 30 pound on a boiler 40 pound you know uh we started throwing iron you know one of the best jigs i back when i was a kid was you know the taddy like the little it was kind of that half offset um spoon you know kind of a diagonal i have no clue because i'm such a noob so but it was (laughs) the green and yellow okay and then the salus okay the salus um it was a uh, brown green and white jig Wow. And we throw those at the kelp bed. You yeah. know, you get a barracuda on it if you're out too, not too close to the kelp. Yeah. And then you get the bass. Yeah. But the scrounger was the hot thing back, you know, yeah. late seventies, early eighties for me. Really? Yeah. Wow, dude. But we had so much bait back then. Yeah. You know, the summertime came, you had, you know, you had your butterfish, you had your brown bait, you know, you had mackerel. Mm-hmm. So you threw it's easy bait. just to do that, right? Yeah. Instead of it's free probably too, right? If you well, yeah, you work on boats. Yeah. yeah. Again, one fish, you know? Yeah, exactly. You set the hook, you like catch a five pound bass in front of 60 people and you like, and you throw it back. They're like, what's up with this guy? What are you doing? Did you enter the Calico tournaments then? Uh, I did a couple. I'm just not a big fan of it, but mm-hmm. I'm not against it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just think sometimes, um, you know, if they did the weigh-ins where the fish are caught at the moment, you know, you know, it's. You know, it's, it's hard not, on hard on them to bring them in the live world back in. Yeah, and you know, you throw it in the bay. You know, we've all seen it. We're we're all guilty for it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you know, wherever I can, you know, if a fish rolls, I'm going to eat it. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. you know, if we throw a fish back and it's kind of not doing too well, you know, sea lion's going to get it. You know, yeah, whatever. You know, it's yeah. going to roll up or. You know, you're going to see it Something's, in the surf. It's yeah. going to be rolled up under the dock. You know, how many times you've been somewhere, at, whether it's 22nd Street or yeah, Long Beach or Dana course. Point or San Diego, and you're like, look, there's a five-pound bass. Yeah. You know, it's just floating. Are you a little kind of big on conservation, them for the fish, like a, at all or like anything like that? Um, I think regulation is good. Yeah. You know, um, you know regulation and enforcing it, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's always someone that's going to break the rules, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, you know, size limit, you know, to me, I don't go out. If I commercial fish, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to commercial fish rod and reel. Right. But if I'm out there to catch fish, you know, I get fish all the time. If I'm trying to fish once a week, you know, in the off season, you know, I'm trying, I'll go out and, you know, kill my limit of reds or Mm -hmm. whatever. 
and you know freeze them and stuff yeah but you know like i caught a swordfish i froze some of that don't give me wrong you know <laughs> but i give it all away like i yeah. just came back with um you know i caught four fish and you know i probably have 50 pounds of fillets you got a chunk yeah you, you know bet. I'm still... all my employees that <laughs> who are working hard now <laughs> while i'm here um and then my neighbors you know yeah. so it's just kind of cool that you know yeah, that's 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 always cool. you know in the course i'm going to save the best chunk you know that's going to be my my pokey yep my sashimi yep my tuna roll and then i'm going to cook it on that final day yeah i just made some the yellow from my one with Dwayne. i have the trigger and i did the uh smoked it mm-hmm. so good man that's i like put it i i just followed whatever recipe online then put it in the fridge overnight and then smoked it on there and it came out and even my middle kid doesn't eat tuna he's like oh man give, give me some of that <laughs> right. well my neighbor has a trigger and um again you know i i just never have time and mm-hmm. then we did our first batch i'm like hey dude you uh you're gonna cook up you're gonna smoke and he's always like okay and he's all whatever i take lead on he's yeah. like all right dude i go i'm gonna prepare it you know, you know, I'm going to bring it over and we're going to do it. Yeah. So we did it and, um, I had to take off. I went on a fishing trip mm-hmm. that I had planned and his, he got home late. The Traeger was an act. He had to kind of like vacuum some things yeah. and he's like, dude, it's really good. You know, I'm like <laughs> you can only eat so much, dude. We made like 20 pounds of this dude. It's so it was good. money. It yeah. was so good. Yeah. yeah. I think really it was, good. you know, one of Dwayne's like brown sugar and salt kind of yeah, five it was to something one. like that. Exactly. Dude, this stuff was like candy, <laughs> but you eat, you know, the problem is you eat it, eat too much. And once you're done, yes, you know, you yeah. got to walk away. I did like a fish dip with it. It was pretty good. You know? Yeah. I still have one more zip, you know, I, I, um, shrunk wrap it and uh, yeah i still have it in there by my cheese and stuff and like <laughs> it's almost ready i almost took it on this trip so. did you mm-hmm. yeah it's so good i love i love eating tuna man no it's good yeah so. but um going back to that regulation or yeah. whatever um, um closure slot limits whatever it is mm-hmm. i think we all got to get on the same page i think it's not only fishing it's a lot of things so again where are they going to regulate it you know it's like sometimes i get you know picked out when i'm coming in on my skiff like what's going on? The guy's like full on like, dude, what is going on? You're having a bad day. Like if anything, I actually did the regulation, Mm -hmm. caught my limit. We all have fishing license. Mm -hmm. Why are you busting me? Because I can tell you right there, you might want to check those guys. Yeah, of course. But I'm not going to be that guy to go look at that guy. Yeah. You know, again, I got to take care of my own deal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you know, I had a guy, he just, he wrote us all the way till like, he looked in every bag and I was like, really? Dude, you know, I had, I had at, um, Cabrillo, I came back in and the fucking customs were there mm-hmm. and they pulled me out of the water and pulled me over mm-hmm. and started busting my balls. Where'd you go today? I'm like fishing. Why don't you have any fish? Cause I threw them back. They're yeah. fucking calico. <laughs> what right. you, you know, exactly. and he's like, you sure? Or you weren't down South? And I'm like, no, look at my fucking boat. Yeah. You're going to drive down fucking Mexico, dude. Right. I'm like, can you hear my accent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, those guys have a tough job too, yeah. you know, and I've been, um, you know, come in the channel point Loma, you know, and that's where you like to open up, see how fast your boat goes, mm-hmm. you know, coming in from a good day of fishing, yeah. you know, as you're coming down shelter Island. I had, I was going 41 miles an hour down the channel and this guy snuck up on me and went, whoop. I look back, I'm like, holy shit. I had U.S. Customs, and um, I'm wearing a T-shirt. I mean, uh, I'm wearing board shorts, no T-shirt, a hat, and I have a face mask on, right? And the guy's like, hey, can you please remove your mask? And I'm like, 
yeah, whatever, dude. Like pull down. He's like, one guy in the background. I did not see that coming. Like <laughs> the beard popped out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was like, where were you guys? And we're like, we're fishing. You want to look at our thing? He's like, yeah. Opened up our cooler because my skiff's all open. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a little center console that we shove shit in, but you, you know, have the Parker's a center console. Yeah, it's a okay. twenty-one center console. Oh, okay. I thought it was a um, no, no, not a pilot house. Okay, wow. so that one I was on the other day was John's. Okay, so yeah, but uh, as far as that, yeah, you know, they've chased me in, you know, and I'm kind of <laughs> slowed down and kind of got close to them and waved them, you know, yeah, because Shelter Island was closed, uh-huh. and I still like to get the bait out of Point Loma, okay, because Mission everyone was going to Dana Landing and you know Fiesta Island and doing all the launching out of there, and I was yeah. like. For six more miles, I'm going down to Chula Vista or National City, whatever. Yeah. I'd go down to that Pier 39, whatever it was called down there. Mm-hmm. You just, you're six miles back in the bay. And, you know, one day we're coming back again, like, <laughs> see how fast we're around in the airport. And, yeah. And I go, hey, is that guy following us? Because I saw him back there. And he's like, oh, I don't, I'm like, no, dude, look. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he came up on us quick. And, you know, I just kind of like slowed down and got close to him and waved at him. Yeah. And soon as we went on the Coronado Bridge, he's like, just faded away, you know? So <laughs> they check on you. It's yeah. our job, right? Yeah, I no, mean, totally. I mean, they got to do it, too. Yeah. A lot of people come through that thing, you know? So yeah. No, I bet. Even people probably running shit, too. Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> they're just doing their thing. And I'm like, again, it's like, why are you checking us? And. Yeah. I've seen some crazy things down at the docks before, you know, like people are pulled up and you're like, oh, whatever, you know, not even thinking. Next yeah. thing you know, you know, U.S. Customs, you know, everyone is just on them and it's like, they look like the Bayliner that was just a random boat. Yeah. Going for a weekend cruise. And I guess they were coming back from Ensenada. They were keeping an eye on them. I was like, holy shit. Didn't they got even, all the drugs in there. Yeah. Didn't even, <laughs> like girls, every, you know, like families kind of thing. Like, yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know. Wow. Yeah, Bayliner. Wow, kind of laughing, you know, kind of yeah. whatever, and just like they're out having a good That's time. They took it, yeah. And then boom, next thing you know, it's like, whoa, what, what's going on? That's crazy, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. But I guess people gotta make money somehow. Yeah, they're I guess gonna, so. thinking they gotta do what they gotta do. Yeah, whatever. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, we've been doing a good long one. I appreciate you coming out, man. Right on. This is fun. Um, where can they reach you on Instagram and the website for Fishworks and stuff? Well, for me, they could follow my personal one okay. at Captain Fishworks. Okay. Or they could follow Fishwork Clothing. Okay. And for us on, um, you know, for uh, the internet, mm-hmm. uh, the web, our website is, uh, you know, fishworksproducts.com. Okay. You know, you type in Fishworks now, yeah. the search comes up. But um, we have our own little shop down in San Clemente. That's what I was going to ask you is where, where are the stores locally they can buy from? Well, they can buy from a lot of the local stores from 22nd Street, okay. you know, to Eric's Tackle, to, okay. you know, Sam's up here in Harbor City, um, Longfin, Tracy Melton over there, um, Angler Center, uh, Fisherman's Hardware, um, Hogan's is a big one, Dana okay. Wharf, Ken's Custom Reels, Dana Landing, Fisherman's Landing, English Choice, Point Loma. I think I named them all. He's <laughs> County. good, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're all relationships I've had over you, 20 yeah, years. Friends you know? and stuff. Yeah. And again, my business is about grassroots, you know? Yeah. We're just, I'm just a normal dude, dude. You yeah. Know? Working class. I call it the fishing class. Not there you the, go. Not the working class. There you go. That's what we're going to talk about. Fishing class for the, now on. The, <laughs> we're the fishing. Not a class of fishing, but <laughs> the fishing class of working class. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate right it, on. man. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Take care, guys. All right. See you.